I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This is Play Me, Canada's national digital theatre. Each week, we take new and underproduced theatre scripts and short stories and turn them into contemporary radio dramas. I'm Laura Mullen. And I'm Chris Tolley. Welcome back to Play Me and the conclusion of Quiver by Anna Chatterton. Last week on Play Me... I was starting to think it was the worst day of my life, but then this guy in my math class, Ted, who has never said anything to me before, tapped me on the shoulder and said he liked my army jacket. Then he said his brother is in the army, and when he's 16, he's going to join the army. He said girls can join too, but you have to be strong and do all these physical tests to get in. Mom, what are you doing here? I'm working. I want to take you out for dinner. Really? Oh, wait, shoot. Can we do Thursday instead? Armando plays squash on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Wednesday is his own. Why can't she just miss one night with Armando? She doesn't care about me. She doesn't even want to see me. I hate going home after work. It's so dark. I'm always scared there's someone hiding. I wish Dad was here so A, he could protect me, and B, he could teach me to be a better archer. Other than B, hardly anyone noticed that I cut my hair except Ted. I told him I was going to join the army. He was actually excited and said we should train together. When I got home, I didn't even care that no one was there. I practiced my square stance and visualized my target. I thought about Ted and imagined us kissing. Now I wish I had kissed a guy before for practice. I decided I would only tell Josie, my boss, at work. But she looked at me with this look. The army? Why on earth would he want to do that? That means killing, you know? At least being in the army is doing something important with your life. What are you doing? Working at Susie Shear? Susie Shear isn't doing anything. I quit! And now for part three of Quiver. Warning, mature language and content. Things have been so lame with Daniel since I went to the party. And I don't hang out with Ali or Christine as much because there's always something going on with Daniel and his daughters. And they all want me to be part of it and I feel like I have to. His kids asked if they should call me mum and tell people I'm their stepmom, but I told them they should just call me B. I mean, technically, I couldn't even be their mum. Ted and I met today to train, and it was so much fun. He said I was really good. I didn't think I'd be able to keep up with him, but I did. We ran laps for 45 minutes and talked the whole time. It was so nice to have company. I didn't tell him about B and Daniel, but I told him that my mom hasn't come home in a month. 
At first, he thought she took off, like disappeared forever, but I explained she was just at a boyfriend's house. I was afraid he was going to be like B and say I was lucky to live alone, but he said it sounded lonely and that he felt lonely a lot too, especially now that his brother is in basic. We have so much in common, I can't believe it. We're going to meet every morning at 6am to train before school. And he invited me to his house after school tomorrow to meet his brother, who's home for the weekend. Maybe we'll kiss then. I called Manny at 7 a.m. I wanted to catch her before she went to school. I wanted to tell her that we can have dinner together tonight, even though it's Wednesday and Armando is free. But the phone rang and rang, so she must be still sleeping or at work still. I swear, I can't ever keep her work schedule straight. It seems to change weekly, I swear to God. I knew she'd get mad at me if I dropped by work again. I called her again when I thought that she'd be at home from school, but the phone just rang, so finally I just left her a message, but she hasn't called me back. I saw these two teenagers running up to each other in the hall at school. They were so excited to see each other, and the guy was so cute, and he picked the girl up and spun her around and kissed her, and they looked so happy and fun, and the guy looked nice, like I could go out with that guy. When I got home, Daniel was on the couch and his belly was popping out and his legs looked thin and not cute at all and I didn't even want to kiss hello. I just kept thinking about that couple in the hall and how that could be me. I could be that couple in the hall. Daniel always talks about years from now when I'm graduated high school and done university and are we going to be together forever? Like... I was thinking on the way home, when I'm 25, which is so old, I can't even imagine, but when I'm 25, he's going to be 51. 51. That's like crazy. I was kind of nervous going to Ted's house to meet his brother. Ted looks like his brother, only he's cuter. His brother said we have to be tough to be in the army. He said that if we are strong, we will get along. He said that if I am aiming for 20 push-ups, I should double it. He said always double my expectations because that's what I will meet in the army. Ted told him I'm an archer and his brother was really impressed and said that will definitely help me in the army. Afterwards, Ted showed me his room, and we hung out and talked about school and teachers and the army. He lay on his bed, but I didn't feel like I should sit on his bed, so I sat on his desk chair, and we talked about everything. Then his mom poked her head in the door and said it was dinner time, and I was welcome to stay for dinner. She asked if I needed to call my mom to see if it was okay, and I didn't know what to say, but then Ted said, "'It's cool, Mom. Right, Maddie?' It's like he was protecting me. His dad was home from work, and we all sat down together. I couldn't believe it. It felt like TV, all of us sitting there, his mom passing out the food, his dad asking about drill practice. I can't remember the last time we had a family dinner. Tomorrow, it's my birthday. And Ted's bringing his brother's hand-grip dynamometer to school to do our hand-grip tests because that is a key physical test to get into the army. So, 
I'm going to ask Ted to come over to my house after school to do it there. And then I can show him my bow and arrow, and he'll be so impressed with my archery skills, and we'll kiss, and then we'll be boyfriend and girlfriend, and we'll hang out all the time. It will be my best birthday ever. I woke up in the middle of the night. Armando was snoring away, but I remembered I had to pay the rent the next day, and the last time I slept at home, I had paid the rent that day. It couldn't be a month since I slept at home, could it? And then I thought the first. The first is Maddie's birthday. Tomorrow is her birthday. My baby is turning 15 tomorrow. I'll have to go home and see my baby girl. I'll leave work early and make her a cake and surprise her when she gets home from school. My birthday morning, I woke up with tingles. I didn't even care that I was alone. I ironed my army jacket and my dress and combed my hair down and found some lipstick because girls still wear lipstick in the army. But that all took so long I ended up leaving late. And when I got to school I went straight to Ted's locker but before I got there the anthem came on. And I had to stop down the hall from his locker and he was there but his back was turned for me. And when he turned around, I saw that he was talking to Marissa, 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 who was wearing a pink miniskirt and a big smile, and he was smiling too, and I just stood there, even though the anthem was over and everyone was bumping into me, but I just stood there and watched them as Ted got his books in the locker, and Marissa Marissa, leaned against the locker, still smiling, and he was smiling at her, and then she grabbed his hand, and they walked away together. It's my birthday. Marissa and Ted will probably become a couple now, and I'll have to see them every day at school, and she'll look at me with those mean green green eyes and flip her red hair, and I hate her. And why did Ted fall for her? Why didn't he go for me? I want to be in the army now. I just want to disappear. Get me out of here. I wish I had never been born. I feel like Daniel has his arms around me so tight I can't breathe. He can't even work or do anything athletic because of his chronic fatigue. It's so annoying. And then I remembered it's Maddie's birthday today. And it's the first time I'm not there to wake her up and sing happy birthday and threaten to give her the birthday bumps. I haven't even got her a present yet. I searched for her at school but couldn't find her anywhere. I even started asking grade niners if they had seen her, but most of them just looked at me. Who? Maddie. She had long curly hair. Well, she had long curly hair, but she cut it recently kind of badly. Oh, her... One girl said, she's weird. You're her sister? I asked if they had seen her today, and they said no, that she wasn't in English class. Maddie skipping? Never. She must be sick. I called her like 40 times, but she must be sleeping, dead to the world. I even went to the office to see if she called in sick. Maddie was so good she would do something like that, but she hadn't. I thought about bringing her some soup and gifts and stuff and staying overnight so I could have the night off from stupid Daniel, but then when I got home, Daniel was just sitting on the couch again, watching The Price is Right, and I just went into the bedroom and shoved a bunch of stuff in my backpack and told Daniel I was going home, and walked out the door. 
He ran after me and actually had tears in his eyes. What do you mean you're going home? This is your home. I just said, it's Maddie's birthday and I'm going home. He looked all shocked and said, how can you say that? I love you. My heart was beating so loud I could barely hear anything. And I said, go back inside, Daniel. Go back inside and leave me alone. Leave me alone. And people were staring at us and some guy asked if I was all right. And I just looked at Daniel and he looked at me and then he turned around and went inside all quietly and didn't look back. And the guy was like, are you okay? And I just said, yeah. And he walked away and then I just started shaking, thinking, did that really happen? Did I really just do that? I wasn't even planning it. And then suddenly I was doing it and then it was done. And then I just started walking all the way home. And then I remembered I had to get Maddie a present. So I turned back and walked to the mall. I'm sitting on the bench outside the subway station waiting for the bus when this trio of girls walks up to me and this tall girl with bleach blonde hair asks if I have a smoke. I say, no. And then I look at her sweatshirt. Lee sighed. Goosebumps. B had told me those girls were tough. Sure you do. The bleach blonde says, your fingers are yellow. I do have yellowish hands, but so does mum. I say, I don't smoke. And look the girl in the eye. She has these pale, pale blue eyes. B had told me that if I ever come across a Leeside girl, I should just be super cool and avoid confrontation at all costs. But does this girl ever do push-ups? Is she my first test for the army? Smoking is lame. I say, and stand up. It's so lame. She says, what the fuck? And I say, let's fight. I can feel this amazing energy welling up in me. I'm shaking, but I'm excited. This is the perfect way to practice for the army. The blonde girl looks weird. She keeps blinking and looking at her friends. I take off my knapsack. I'll use my bow and arrows. I'll pierce her right in the heart. And it's not fair. I left it at home. How could I forget? It's not fair. What am I going to do? What would Arrowette do? It's not fair. The Lisa girl is standing there waiting and I look at her and I think of B. It's not fair. I think of Marissa. I think of Mum and... Pow! Pow! I can't breathe. She punched my nose and... Smack! Smack! I hit her. Her cheek is red and she's blinking fast. But then the other two girls step towards me. Three gains one. No fair. And I'm off. Sprinting down the street. Faster than I ever have before. I'm flying. And I don't look back and run and run until my whole body hurts and something is dripping down my face. I reach up and it's red. War wound. Bloody nose. Wounded in combat. Gotta keep my focus Gotta keep my aim. My nose hurts. Don't think about the pain. Pain is good. Pain is good. People are looking at me weird. Gotta go home. Pain is good. I must be on guard and primed to fight. Pain is good. Bow and arrow on hand at all times. Pain is good. I left work at noon and drove to the apartment. 
I peeked into Maddie's room. Of course, her room was neat as a pin. But in the kitchen, there was a stack of cereal bowls in the sink, I swear, two feet high in the sink. What had Maddie been eating? Just cereal and unopened soup cans all over the living room floor, which I couldn't make heads or tails of. Why she would put soup cans in the living room when they weren't the brand I buy, chunky soup. Disgusting ingredients. Finally, I got the nerve to look into B's room. It was so empty. The only thing that was the same was that the bed wasn't made, but otherwise, all her books were gone. The clothes, the jewelry, and makeup, all gone. Just this empty room with an unmade bed. When I get home... I'm all covered in sweat and breathing hard, ready to do some push-ups and sit-ups before I collapse. Pain is good. But the door is open. A break-in? I almost stop breathing and turn around trembling. I'll run to see if the neighbor is there, but what if he's not? He's probably at work. What if a thief comes out and sees me? Then, almost like a whisper in my ear, I think, Get your bow. Get your arrows. I take a deep breath and sneak in, stealthy as a soldier, and tiptoe down the hall and grab my bow and arrow from my bedroom. I hurry back and hide in the hall closet. And then I hear a voice. <laughs> What's she doing here? Maddie! What? Why is he here? You sleeping? Hey, Maddie, wake up. I'm here. I'm home. Happy birthday. Maddie? Why are they both here? I stay in the closet to find out. B? Mum? B. Hello. I'm making a cake. But I bought a cake. That frozen crap? It's Maddie's favorite. I made her favorite. Still, she likes Sara Lee better. It's full of chemicals. Where is she anyway? Sleeping? She's not home from school yet. But she wasn't at school today. That's impossible. She never misses school. I couldn't find her, and then some kids said she wasn't in class. Maybe she just missed one class. Maybe she had one of her headaches. The office said she wasn't in any of her classes. Did you see her yesterday? No. Did you? You should be looking out for your younger sister. Heard you got back together with Armando. I'm calling the police. You can't until you're sure she's been missing 24 hours. That's ridiculous. I'm calling right now. She could have been missing any time this past month, and you wouldn't have known it. Now suddenly you're worried? I've been trying to reach her. She never answers my calls. She's always at work, and she doesn't like it when I go there. Anyway, I'm moving back. You are? It's my birthday present to her. She's been totally acting weird. Like the way she just chopped off her hair, that was weird. What do you mean, chopped? You haven't seen it? She cut off her beautiful curls? I point my arrow straight to the wall. Holy shit! Stop talking about me. You're bleeding. What were you doing in the closet and why the fuck are you shooting arrows in the house? What happened? Did you get in an accident? Why are you both here? 
You're never here. It's your birthday. Did you skip school? Yes. Holy shit, seriously? So what? You always skip school. Oh my god. Did you get in a fight with someone? Maybe. Seriously, who? Do you need to go to the hospital? No. Did you win? Don't ask her that and encourage us fighting. Uh, she's been carrying a bow and arrow around for a week. You have no idea. I, I told you. I had to sign a permission form for her because you weren't home. That's fucked. I told her she's welcome to come to Armando's anytime. As if she wants to hang out with loser Espanol. Don't call him that. It's an accurate description of him. Are you really moving back, B? Yes. Happy birthday. I'm going to sleep here tonight. Armando will just have to stay over if he wants to see me. Does he have to? His breath smells. I grab another arrow from my quiver. Enough, B. And he Shut has the bathroom. Up. He and doesn't like a matching problem. See? Loser. Jesus Christ. Dinners. What? We have to eat dinners together. Like every night? Put down the bow, Maddie. I already made tacos for tonight, and then how about Thursday and Sunday dinners? But what about Daniel? I told him I don't want you to be alone anymore. It's over, okay? So put down the bow. Maddie... You gonna say something? Maddie? Did you make the guacamole for the tacos? Yes, of course. Did you put sour cream in? Yes, because that's how Maddie likes it, and it's her birthday. Well, did you put some aside for me? Shoot. Mom! B, I didn't know you were going to be here. Mom, can we buy more avocados? I have made us all finally become the perfect family. We never mentioned Daniel again. It became like it was something that happened to someone else, not us. They said they'd stay home, and they did for a while, but then... You know how people are. Turns out, Arouette retired from superheroics after almost killing a guy in retribution. She's one of the few superheroes to retire and have it stick. She now lives the life of a normal girl. Be sure to tune in next week for a bonus episode, an interview with playwright Anna Chatterton. Quiver was written and performed by Anna Chatterton. Sound design was by Michael Rinaldi. Quiver was originally presented at Theatre Aquarius. Visit playmepodcast.com to learn more about our podcast, to leave a comment, or to let us know what you think of our shows. Play Me is produced by Laura Mullen and Chris Tolley. The associate producer is Rashanik Jaberi. Play Me is funded by the Toronto Arts Council, the Ontario Arts Council, and the Ontario Trillium Foundation. Special thanks to our partners, the Playwrights Guild of Canada, the Toronto Fringe Festival, and the Spiderweb Show. 
Play Me is an Expec Theatre production. For more information, visit playmepodcast.com. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.